What's up, what's up, y'all? This is Dave. And this is Devin. And you're listening to the Dave and Dev Podcast. Dave and Dev. Gotta keep it real like Dave and Dev. On my job like Dave and Dev. Tell no lie like Dave and Dev. Some days I wanna stay in bed, but I get ready for the day ahead. I wanna complain, but I pray instead. Then I'm on my way to the Dave and Dev. And it go like, I don't need a crew. Don't play by he say, she say rules. Complain, no, we can't do. I'd rather have faith while G-O-D make moves. So please stay cool. All, all I do is speak the truth on things I see they do. I'm a sinner myself, no lie, I need grace too. We lit like EKU. Yeah. Hey, what's up? Good morning, Devin. Yo, what's going on, man? How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Just uh, super pumped to to be on the pod again this morning, Saturday, April 25th. We've made it almost another month. I don't know how, but March felt like 100 days and April's felt like 40. So, yeah. Well, I mean, yes, it's gone by quick. But, I mean, during the quarantine, uh, this is something that I've had a chance to look forward to every week. So I'm glad that we're doing this. Uh, we got an excite- another exciting episode of the coaching series today. So I'm excited to get into it today. What's up, y'all? Today's show is brought to you by O'Donnell Financial Coaching. O'Donnell Financial Coaching exists to empower you to take control of your finances. Whether you are in debt and don't know where to start, need help creating a budget that works for your family and your life, or even if you have questions about what to do with your wealth and where it should go. Adam, the owner, is a certified master financial coach that can coach you through your financial situation with the experience of someone who has paid off debt and with the knowledge of someone who is building their financial future with budgeting and investing. Adam offers coaching online, which is a quick and convenient way to get you the help that you need get in touch with him today to schedule your first session at adamcoachesmoney.com and connect with them on instagram at adamcoachesmoney and let them know that dave and dev sent you yeah absolutely man well uh i'll uh i'll kick this one off man want to introduce my former high school teammate uh not just in football but we also were on the track team together uh he was a little bit older than me but I remember whenever we he was in high school I was on the I was the basketball equipment manager like sixth grade so (laughs) I remember this guy and uh we go way back he's a he's a really good dude but uh, I want to introduce my guy Charles Johnson Charles man good morning tell everybody a little bit about yourself hey guys thanks for having me on Dave and Dev uh yeah, man, I've known Dave for a while. Uh, it goes way back, uh, just to say the To least. the disco days, bro. Disco days. <laughs> <laughs> That's kind of how we know Dave, man, disco Dave. Um, but, yeah, man, a little bit about myself. Um, I grew up in Northern Kentucky area. Grew up in Covington for the majority of my life. Transferred out to Lloyd where Dave and I met uh, sophomore year. Um and yeah, kind of started playing football out there, baseball, basketball, track. 
just overall all around athlete. Um, that's just what I did. Um, yeah, I was fortunate to get opportunity to go play in college at Eastern Kentucky for football as a freshman. Uh, and I say, fortunately, after my freshman year, I was suspended. For some of those, let's say, oh, that's kind of sad. That's unfortunate. But for me, I think it's very fortunate that I was suspended from that university. Um, yeah, and then I ended up going to a junior college out in California where I met my wife and uh, had my first daughter. And then, yeah, kind of bounced around. Dad got sick, came back home for a little while. We were working at Arby's and Olive Garden. Um, going to a community college here at Gateway, um, kind of just lost because I didn't know what I, my next time was going to be then. For me, it was it was simple. Reached out to the NCAA clearinghouse, asked them what was my best options to go back to Division One or Division Two. Um, I was kind of uh, lost about Division Two. I really wasn't aware of Division Two and what it was or the team. So I honestly, I went on Google and typed typed in the top Division Two football programs, and I emailed the top seven coaches, uh, sent them my my tape, sent them a little bit about myself, and. Fortunately enough, Grand Valley reached back out to me and Coach Kaler and brought me up and worked me out and gave me an offer. Um, I went to play two years at Grand Valley, uh, had a lot of success, um, ended up getting drafted by the Green Bay Packers in the seventh round, 216th pick in 2013. Um, hey. For me, that was crazy. Like a guy coming from where I came from. Um, I mean, guy coming from Covington where sometimes I come home and the lights would be off, the electric be off. My dad worked as hard as he could to try to provide, but sometimes, you know, ends just didn't meet. Coming from a guy who used to have to, on Christmas morning, I remember having to go to, I mean, I thought it was cool um, when I was doing it when I was a kid, but now I reflect back on it now. Um, on Christmas morning, we would always go to like this, Salvation Army free, free store thing where we would get a gift and and see Santa. And I always thought it was cool, but I didn't realize it was for people who was really didn't have anything. Mm. Um, yeah, and I think it's it's crazy to see. Even though it was drafted in the seventh round, it was like, man, I made it from there. I made it from going behind KFC and Covington and asking my dad asking for food from the guys like. That's where I made it from. So for me, it was very special. And um, some like, oh, I was just seventh round, but it, it was much more than that to me. And then, yeah, so I was drafted and I ended up playing a little bit with Green Bay, ended up hurting my knee, uh, bounced around, went to Cleveland, had ACL surgery there. Then ended up getting picked up by Minnesota. Uh, when the coaches left, they brought me with them. So had a, had a little bit of success in, in Minnesota for a few years. Uh, yeah, with just, my guy Teddy. Yeah, yeah, with Teddy, man. Teddy's my guy. Uh, had, <laughs> had a little bit of success, and injury still plagued me, man. It was it was something that kind of stole some of my success and stole the love out of the game for me. So, uh, all turns out, I mean, I ended up getting seven years in um, with a lot of injuries, few knee surgeries, ankles and ribs, and everything but I mean it's my it's my path it's not 
the one that one would say is ideal or anyone wants, but I really appreciate it. And uh, it's kind of just how my life is. I'm a grinder and that's what we got to continue to do. So yeah, we on to the next steps. Yeah, man. So what, what is that next step, man? What's, what's going on right now? Right now. I mean, I was in the process of uh, getting the gym open before um, this thing called COVID-19 started peeking its head out. Um, so I was in the process of opening up a, a training facility in the Northern Kentucky area. Um, but since everything's on hold right now, I've been just at home building farmhouse tables, uh, garden beds, and all type of weird stuff. But <laughs> that, the, the gym's on hold until the freaking they they said two weeks until they're able to open back up the people i'm working with to get it all done so hopefully two weeks we'll get it back up and rolling but as i mean we're still looking at we're still uh, putting in deals and everything for location we have our location we just we're going back and forth with the landlord uh submitting lois and trying to get this agreement done but we have to wait at least two weeks before we can start getting into really, really big things. But yeah, that's the next <laughs> steps, man. The gym, the training facility is, is what's next for me. Awesome, man. Well, hey, we'll, we'll touch back on that in just a minute. But first, you mentioned it. Uh, you know, last two days we've been, uh, you know, we've been, you know, it tuned into the draft. And you, and you talked a little bit about the draft process and, and what that was like for you. Like, like, how cool is it? Like, I know it was seventh round, like, and again, like you said, like that's still a big deal. Like that's what people don't understand is like that's a huge deal. There's people playing the NFL every day that didn't even get looked at. They're undrafted, you know what I'm saying? So like you got drafted, you got the chance to play. Like, what was that like for like what was the moment like that you got that call that like, hey, you're gonna get this draft? Yeah, man. I mean, like you said, a majority of the players in the in the league are drafted or late round draft picks. Um, and for me, I remember I was projected to go third, third through uh, fifth round, and so I was saying, like, man, I may go third round. You know, it's so cool. Like, you know? <laughs> yeah. So I remember sitting around waiting, uh, around the third round, had a little party, but I, I really had my big party was on the third day because I was like, there's no way I don't go on the third day. So third day come around, I, I went. Me and my family, we had a big old party at the clubhouse. And, um, man, it was just – it was crazy. Like, I, I mean, I was frustrated at first. I'm like, gee, they taking all these receivers before me. Like, what's going on? I'm supposed to be gone already. Like, so yeah. it was frustrating. It's like you're sitting there anxious. But I remember when, when the phone rang and I picked it up and I remember just trying to uh, – like, yeah, this is uh, the Green Bay Packers, da, da, da. And, oh, and like, shoot, we're about to pick you right here. And I remember waving to my family, like, hey, 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 get the cameras out. <laughs> get the cameras <laughs> Get the cameras out. And then uh, I remember just seeing them roll my table across the across the TV, have my name, my picture, and everything. And it was just like. Surreal, I right? Just, yeah, I just got drafted to the NFL. Like, it was, just, <laughs> it was, it was very emotional. My family was crying. My dad, he took off crying, like. He just was. He said, "I was just happy to. I was alive to see my son get drafted and do something." So it was just a very emotional time. Just like I said, I kind of touched like coming from where I came from, coming from some of the things I went through, my path to where I got drafted, the path to get there alone is just crazy, and just 
just knowing where I come from and understanding that the things I've had to overcome, it wasn't easy. And knowing that football wasn't really even something I really thought about going pro in. It was just like something that I fell into and became the love. And I was just super appreciative. It was very emotional. For sure, man. Well, listen, as a, as somebody that's, you know, known you for a long time, I'll, I'll never forget when you got drafted. I remember like uh, you, somebody shared it like on Facebook or, or Instagram or something. I just remember being so happy for you, man, because, you know, you're one of the good guys and, uh, you know, knowing your family for a long time. And uh, yeah, dude, just to see the path that you had to go on to get there was like the most candy land <laughs> like around the world path to get there where so many people get to go on a straight line like you never got the easy route man and, and you stayed with it so just as somebody that's known you for a long time like every every little bit of success that you've had on the way like it was so cool to see from a distance like and cheer you on from that sideline you know so uh yeah man that's that's super legit i appreciate oh, yeah. you telling that story oh yeah appreciate that man uh yeah, dude. Uh, the draft is like something that you pe- that you like. You make a player on two K or something like that, and you see, and you're like, you get hyped when your player gets drafted on two K. <laughs> but like, man, you actually live through it, man. Um, so that's 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 great, man. And I'm glad you had that memory. Uh, question for you. So, when you first got drafted, uh, can you tell us a little bit about like what training camp was like? Like, what was that rookie experience like when you first got to Wisconsin and you're playing for the Green Bay Packers? Uh, yeah, I remember, um, so I got drafted, uh, I remember I bought a little car, and me and my nephew Charles, we drove. Oh, wait, what kind of car was it? It was a, <laughs> it was a Mercedes, <laughs> but it wasn't no, like, fancy, uh, it was an old Mercedes, I got it for, like, 4000 5000 bucks from a guy up the street here, and I thought it was the <laughs> sweetest thing ever. So, okay, it's like, it was like yeah. a 1990 something Mercedes and I thought so it was your so first cool. purchase after you got drafted was it was a 1990 Mercedes <laughs> yeah, it was like 1995 or something like that that's Mercedes. respect right there man hey that's balling <laughs> on a whole different level right there yeah <laughs> I thought I was balling I thought it was the coldest <laughs> hey go ahead man so me and my nephew Charles we drove up from here to Wisconsin uh for training camp and uh I remember just arriving and being super excited um, I mean, I've seen the stadium before, but it was different driving up knowing that I'm about to be a part of this team now that we're about to start. And I remember just hopping out, taking pictures. And um, I remember the first day, like, man, going out there, putting on that uniform. Um, it was like, bro, I'm really in the NFL. <laughs> and I was <laughs> like, wild. this is crazy. Now, rookie minicamp, if anybody, if, any, if there's any other NFL players that have been through it or listening or who's going to hear this, like, rookie minicamp is terrible. I'm not going to lie to say the least. <laughs> <laughs> like, there's only, a, there's only a few of us, you know what I'm saying? There's only a selective amount of rookies that get to attend. There's some uh, guys who didn't play with the previous year as much. They can uh, come to rookie minicamp as well. But literally, you're just – it's just a – just consider just a track meet all day, literally, especially as a receiver. All we're doing is running all day. So I remember on the third day of training a uh, rookie minicamp, um, right before practice, my hamstrings are killing. I go to the uh, to the uh, trainers. And I'm like, um, I'm gonna pull my hamstring today. My hamstring is just re- 
It's done. <laughs> they're like, they're like, they're like, no, you, your hamstring's just tight from all the run. I said, I'm gonna pull my hamstring today. I'm telling you. So they just like, no, you're not. I said, okay. So I went out there practiced. Uh, got to the like my la- it was like the last period of the day, and I ran a curl route, and sure enough, popped my hamstring. <laughs> I <was> like, Man. <laughs> So the injury journey started early. The injury journey started early. So the next day, the vets came in. So that's when Aaron Rodgers, Jermichael Finley, JJ, all those guys get to come in. So I remember I just pulled my hamstring, so I'm out of practice. So I'm pulling up to practice uh, in my 1995 Mercedes, and I I start seeing all these cars, all the the vets' cars. I'm like, uh – their car, their cars were so nice. So I started to feel a little bit embarrassed about my Mercedes. So I'm like, bro, I started parking in the back a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> I started parking in the back and then that first day of practice uh, with the vets, I remember sitting there on the sideline standing and the vets come in and Aaron Rodgers, first thing he says is, where's this Charles Johnson kid everybody's talking about? Literally, he says that while we're stretching, where's this Charles Johnson kid everybody's talking about? And oh, me being injured, I just put my, I put my hand up like I'm right here, <laughs> and I just remember <laughs> feeling so sad that I was injured and couldn't. And he just oh, asked man. about, it and I couldn't even go out there and uh and uh, go out there and compete with him. And yeah, so like that first feelings was just crazy to be able to get in there, and put in, a, put on the jersey, and but that rookie minicamp is horrible. And I mean, my first interview after the first rookie minicamp. <laughs> I tell you no lie, I was the most intimidating thing I've ever been through. Like, the media just rushed me afterwards. Like, it was probably 50, 60 people with those bright lights on their cameras in my face. I literally was, it felt like I was in a sauna just sweating. I was dripping sweat. Went on for like 20 (laughs) minutes. I was stuttering. And (laughs) it literally was like my first interview. And I was in there so nervous, but it was just, it was it was good. Uh, it was it was super fun. It was super exciting. And created a lot of memories, but it was, it was very intimidating at the beginning. And but it was it was surreal to put on that jersey, walk out there, see that logo, and know that um, I've done something. So it was cool. Yeah, man. So you t- so you went from you said that you you w- went from. Working at a fast food restaurant, and then a couple of years later being in the NFL. Yeah, basically with, uh, Aaron, with Aaron Rodgers calling, asking about you. Yeah, basically, uh, bro, you got you need to write a book, man. Yeah, I always say that. I, I had I did start writing a book in like my little notebook. I started writing it, um, but then you know you start forgetting about it. <laughs> That's harder than it looks. No, dude, I can't imagine. Listen, writing a book would be no joke. <laughs> Hey, so uh, you know, you, you talk a little bit about the draft. Talk a little bit about your insights, man. What uh, in this draft, like, you feel like there's anybody that's uh, that's just like gonna be beast mode, like that's gonna come in and just have make waves right away. Ah, uh, man. I mean, I, I know a little bit about about the guys coming out. Um, I, I gotta be very honest. I haven't watched a college football game other than Grand Valley because my nephew was there and that's just where I went. I haven't watched a college football game in probably four or five years. Unless it's yeah, like the, it's tough though. Yeah, unless it's like the championship or something like that. Like I'm just not I don't watch football in general. Like I don't even watch NFL games like that unless yeah, it's yeah. that's just 
I mean, I'm big into golf right now over the past few years. Hey. I've been watching a lot of golf. But, I mean, I've seen a lot of guys. I mean, like, I really like the C.D. CD Lamb guy. Um, he's a Beast. he's a good receiver, uh, all-around receiver. I, I watched him. He trained with one of my friends. And uh, I think he's going to have a lot of success. I ain't going to lie. I like his, his – his, just the way he knows how to get open, the way he knows how to maneuver his body, natural hands. Like, I think he went a little later than – than I expected anything to. Uh, I think he was a little upset too that some receivers were taken before him. Um, which, which is big for me now that I understand uh, I played in the league a lot and I've been on some teams. And what's big for me is this, it's the guys that nobody even thinks about. I yeah. like the guys that who don't get recognition. I like the O-linemen and the D-linemen. The guys who don't get recognition but are the, are the engines to every team. Like, I don't care – who Joe Burrow is or who CeeDee Lamb is if you don't have nobody to protect them or nobody to protect yep. the quarterback to throw the ball to him. So, for me, it was like the Bengals got Joe Burrow, and, yes, we're super happy about it because he's a talented player, probably one of the best quarterback college football history in history. But if we don't have nobody to keep him upright or those players to get the ball to, who cares who Joe Burrow is? You know what I'm saying? So Better I, preach on that. <laughs> yeah, I have a lot of appreciation now that I've been around the game of – we got to protect those guys up front, or it doesn't matter who you if you got Adrian Peterson in the backfield. If you, your old lineman is me, like, I'm not going to help you on the O line, I'm telling you. <laughs> so, you know what yeah. I'm saying? So, like, it's those guys who get overlooked, who, who really make the, who make the car run, who people really, who really don't recognize because they go unnoticed. They're not the glamorous pick, they're not scoring touchdowns, but those, those are the guys who really make the team run. So, I'm usually always excited about them. I like the guy from Louisville, the uh, uh the big six eight. You got a weird like big key. I yeah. forget his name. I forget his name. I but can't think of it either off the top of my head. Yeah. I liked him. I watched him in the combine. I was like, this guy's gonna be a beast. Um, so yeah, man, that's there's a few guys that I keep my eye on. I mean, I think For Grand sure. Valley, we got another guy coming out, so be excited to see if he gets a shot. Did did that uh dude that plays for the Ravens, did he go to Grand Valley? Yeah, that was my college roommate, Matt Judo. Uh, Judo. Judo, yeah. Judo. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, me and him was really close. It was my college roommate, so. That dude's yeah. a stud. Yeah, he's a beast. What's crazy <laughs> is when he first came into Grand Valley, that's my guy. Uh, when he first came into Grand Valley, he was 6'4", same height he is, but he was way skinnier than me. Think about May May, Little Charles, back in high school. That's Aww. how he looked. He literally was skinny. <laughs> So, like, he was a little smaller than the receiver. Like, he was skinny, and now he's 250, 260. He's put in a tremendous amount of work. I mean, he's overcome a lot of injuries as well, but he has a motor, and he's just athletic and a freak. The uh, Just just to, just for clarification for anybody who's listening to the podcast, the, the person that you're talking about from Louisville was the tackle. His name is uh, Mackey Beck, Beckton. Beckton, yeah, Beckton. Yeah, yeah Beckton, Beckton. From, uh, from Louisville. Yeah, yeah. dude. So uh, just for clarification on that. Uh, so, Charles, you said that you are starting up uh, a gym and you're going to start uh, coaching these people, these, these athletes. Uh, tell us a little bit about why you're, why you're going to get into coaching and, and training. Yeah, for me, like, it was something that I've always wanted to do. Uh, but there was a point where I was just – football was getting a little bit – you know, I was the love wasn't as 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 much as I had at one point. I was the injuries was kind of stealing that from me, um, and 
there was a point where I was like, me and my family, we were thinking, all right, we're moving. We're just going to get a house in, in Vegas or uh, somewhere else and, you know, just live life. But then it was just like, for me, it was like, I can't leave home. Um, I feel like I owed something to my community. Um, I'm owed something to the commit the kids of Northern Kentucky. And mm-hmm. it was something that was super important to me. Um, I wanted to bring back a facility, a training facility to the area, something that not only can help kids and adults become better athletes or overall fitness or reach the goals they want to reach, but I wanted to create like a culture, a community where people gathered and just you wanted to be at this place. You wanted to be around these people and you felt like it was someplace you can go to. You could share your stories. You can create memories. And at the end of the day, you was going to have fun. Um, I thought it was just big for me coming from here. Um, not really having a place like, like D1 to go train at and prepare myself to become a better athlete. It was just something that you had to do when I was growing up. Like I didn't know about Nike camps and, training facilities um and i'm sure there's kids like that um in our area that today that still are like that or kids like that who don't have the opportunity to to go do some of those things that some of the other kids in florida and california who create those Mm. those good athletes get to do on a daily basis so for me it was like i wanted since i felt like injuries kind of stole some of my stole football from me to in, in, in the essence because of injuries I wanted to take the knowledge that I do have and pass it on to other kids and other adults or people who just want to you know be be part of something and I want to pass the knowledge that I do have on the others and help them create um whoever they want to be um for me it was just it was a no-brainer, man. It was something that, like, I knew it, it kept me in touch with football. It kept me around working out. And, I mean, if you've been in a locker room, if you've been in a in a locker room, you know that feeling. Like, there's no better feeling than being in a locker room. Mm-hmm. And, and yeah, that's the feeling I want to have at D1. And it's just – that's the feeling I want it to be. Like, when people come in, I want them to feel part of something. And I want them to – that rock locker room feeling. I want everyone to get that feeling because – when it's all over and done, that's the one feeling that I'll miss the most is being in that locker room with the guys and um and just it's it's just crazy. So for me it was just like I want to spread my knowledge to others because I have so much knowledge that that's built up on in, in my in my head and in my body that maybe I wasn't able to use on my own end, but I'm sure willing to give it out to others if they wanna listen or if they wanna take it. So yeah, that's why it's big for me, man. I'm I'm excited about bringing it to to the community. Um, I think it's gonna be huge. I want to see where it leads. I hope people want to come out and get get training and um, just come around and just. I mean, it's it's for me. It's not just about the training either, man. I don't. I I'm not here to make money and all that stuff. Like, I'm here to change lives and create a culture and change yeah. our community. Like, that's big for me. Like, I want it to be more than just a training facility. I want. I wanted to be part of the community and this is who we are. Like, so it's just big to me. I got a lot of big things going through it and um, I'm excited for it to get rolling. Um, we'll see what happens, man. For sure. Yeah. I just, I just think about like all those dudes that we, that we played against that we played with that had they just had somebody out there that, that created that, you know, sort of uh, outside culture, you know what I'm saying? Like, 
there were very few people that was like gathering athletes together. Like only person that, there was only a couple people that I knew. I worked out with a dude who was training uh, people from like all over the city, but like it, that, I, I'd only heard a, a couple people like that. You know what I'm saying? But like you get like a large group together, the, the possibilities are just mad. Like, yeah, I mean, exactly. That's well, how. That's why I see it as like that's something <laughs> like. I think we got way more talent in Northern Kentucky than what we kind of put off. I think a lot of people just get left behind, and yep. that's what's huge for me. Like, yeah, I want to I want to create better athletes. Um, I mean, for me, it's too. That's a big thing for me. I want to make people better overall athletes. Like, I feel like I was a great athlete. Like, I could play football. I could do basketball. I could run fast. I could pitch. I could hit. Like, I was an athlete. So, like, for me, it's like if a basketball player comes to me, I don't really care to make him a, a better basketball player. I want to make him a better athlete so he can go out there and yeah. dunk basketballs, go catch touchdowns, and and win yeah. races. And you know what I'm saying? I want him to be a better athlete overall. So that's what shoes for me. And like you said, like we have so many athletes in in the northern Kentucky area that we should be just putting them out there. But it's just like we don't have that we don't have the same resources that some of the other cities have. And that's what, that's what's important to me about bringing this here and being able to, if people aren't able to, you know, I want to be able to create some type of scholarships and stuff like that to help people, assist people to for go sure. pursue their journeys in the, on to the next level, even if it's not for athletics, um, just for college in general. And I mean, the gym, it, it's going to be, we're going to consider everyone an athlete, but there's going to be moms and dads there working out too, yeah. like for boot camp classes. So it's going to be for everybody. And that's just what's exciting for me. Cause like you said, bro, there's people who there's more than just me, you know what I'm saying? That's from our area that could have went to the NFL, like in my age, like, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. So um, I just want to be able to present those opportunities and uh, get people to the next level and get people educated and give them the best opportunities they can have. Absolutely, man. It's it's just uh, it's so crazy to think about, like all the athletes that that never got that sort of training, man. And I love that you talk about the community and whatnot. And and let me just say this for anybody that's listening to this podcast: if you hear us talk about Northern Kentucky NKY, if you hear anybody talk about it, it it's uh it's not one city or one county. Uh, <laughs> I, I feel like I got to clear this up because people ask about this all the time. Northern Kentucky is mainly three counties in the northern part of Kentucky, okay? Like right in, right in south of Cincinnati. But Nah, nah. Northern Kentucky don't claim the rest of Kentucky. But, but see, we, like you can't – like if you're from Northern Kentucky, you don't really say that you're from Kentucky. You, you never say, say Kentucky, Kentucky. first. <laughs> you say Northern Kentucky. Every time. Y'all your own state. Y'all, y'all your own state up there. It, it, it's it, a lot like Louisville. Like, if you're from Louisville, like, you say you're from Louisville. Like, you don't say nothing else. You're from Kentucky. You're from That's Louisville. what I'm saying. So, like, if you're listening and you don't know where northern Kentucky is, like, I encourage you to go look on a map. We're right on the river. There's three three counties, but a lot of other people would be trying to get up in there, and they're not really from there. Like, if you're like if you're from Falmouth, you ain't from northern Kentucky, nah, okay? not at all. Like, like no, you can't say that ever, ever, ever. Um, they throw a shot out there. <laughs> Everybody just wants some Northern Kentucky love. We just throwing our shots. But it, it is crazy though, because I mean, you think about it. Like, look at all of our friend groups. Like, I think if you you played any sports or anything like that, like you have friends from all over the place up there. Like, you got to think that's like fifteen high schools. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I my friend group spanned like 
you know, half of them, if not more. Those were people I just hung out with, not the people I'd met or anything like that. So it's a weird community. And if you can like, and I say that because it's, it's made up of a bunch of communities that if you can infiltrate and really just have impact, like it can be beyond just one school or one athlete or anything like that. And I think that's what's so important. And, you know, I think it leads me into my next question for you, man. Like uh, we talk about impact, we talk about coaching and whatnot. Like who, like, what are some of the best coaches you've ever had? Who are some of the best coaches you've ever had? And why? Best coaches I've ever had. I mean, I think each coach had this, for me, each coach had his his own special place um, on my career, um, on my path, uh, all the way leading back to high school. Um, because I mean, each coach has some type of influence that you know triggered me to do some of the things that I've done. Um, but if I had to pick one, ah, man, one coach. I mean, it's easy for me to go to NFL coach, my guy, Coach Stu, who I was with Minnesota with, my wide receiver coach. Uh, it's easy for me to pick him, but I'm not going to pick him because it's just an easy pick. Uh, <laughs> because it's like you think about NFL guy, NFL coach for a long time. So so it's like he's got to be a good coach. But I would say – oh, man, I would say – I'll say my guy, Coach Ginn, at uh, Grand Valley. He was our wide receiver coach. Um, he he was one of the coaches that I was really probably the clo- one of the closest with, him and Coach Keller when I was at Grand Valley. Uh, coach Ginn at, at the beginning stage, I mean, if you look at Coach Ginn, especially playing wide receiver, and you see him coaching wide receivers, you're going to say, why is this guy coaching me? Because um, he doesn't look like a wide receiver at all. He played kicker in college, and um, he just – uh, he's a crazy guy, but he's loving at the end of the day. But I remember he just – he literally pushed me to the to the pedal no matter what. Like, I was clearly always the best athlete, the better player on our team. But I remember him just off season. like, we would do drills. He would call me back 20, 30 times, do it over, do it over, do it over. And I remember one time I just got so fed up with him. I like, I wanted to fight him. I started going. I started going off on like, why? Isn't I'm it crazy to... though that the that the coaches that you want to fight ended up being like your favorite coaches? <laughs> Man, what? I was like, I wanted to fight him, and then he he pulled me aside. He's like, look, he said, um, I know you're the, you're the, one of the best athletes out here, and you can come out here each and every week and be better than everybody. He said, but I don't want you to just be better than them. I want you to be great. He said, and I want you to. I want the other guys to see that if you're this good and I'm doing and I'm calling you back 30 times that it's okay for me to call them back a couple of times too. Like they're not going to feel as bad. They're like, Charles is messing up too. So for me, it was like, we built that connection to where we could lean upon one another. And I mean, we just had that type of connection to where he knew I was going to say what I wanted to say, what I, what I needed to say, if things weren't going the way that I, they, I, I thought they should go. And then he could depend on me to know I could relay our message to the other guys. Or that mm. I was gonna, I, I was uh taking in the knowledge to, to try to prepare each and every week to make sure our team was successful. So we kind of just bounced off of one another, and I mean, I, he just brought it out of me, honestly. Like he just, if you, you if you know Coach Ginn, you'll know, uh, you'll just know what he's about. Like he's loud. <laughs> he's one of those loud, yelling, cussing coaches. <laughs> which that's not who I am. Like I'm a quiet uh, to myself. So like for me, it was like we built that connection. 
to where after a while I was just like, hey, just don't cuss at me and all that stuff and we'll be fine. But yeah, he's one of one of the coaches that I really enjoyed and I thought brought a lot out of me. But I mean, I played with a, a ton of coaches, like especially at the NFL level. For sure, yeah. That just are amazing and each of them have a special place in my heart. So yeah. That's awesome. All right, I got one more question for you. And I like I feel like I'm hopeful that somebody listens to this and tries to shoot a shot. You have to decide. <laughs> but, <All right>. like, <laughs> who is the best player that you played with or against? Best player that I played with or against? Oh, man. I mean, I played with Adrian Peterson, so, like, he's going to be a Hall of Famer <laughs> one day. So, it's, like, easy to go say AD is one of the best players ever. Oh, man. Um, that's easy. Um, I say the – I always get the question, who's the hardest DB I've ever faced? Oh, that's um, a good one. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's what uh, I want to hear. Who locked, who locked you up? Ain't that's no, ain't nobody ever locked me up. Like, hey. Oh, 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 wait a second. Like, wait a second. Especially one-on-one. Like, I mean, I'm going to get clamped every once in a while. You're going to get yours, but it's usually because y'all got good coverage in the game or something. you just playing. You know, you picked the right coverage your coach did. But one-on-one is hard. Um, I would say I played against a lot. I mean, I played against Sherm, Patrick P., Norman, but no lie, the hardest guy I've ever won against. I mean, it's you know how it is. You play football in practice, it's that's the hardest times it is. Like those guys that you yeah, practice yeah. against every day, like they start learning your tendencies, they start learning your moves, they start learning your your concepts on offense. So things come become a little bit tighter. Whereas in a game, the games are the easiest part of it all because those guys don't know you. They see once probably a year. So they don't know anything about you, really, besides what they see on film. And most people don't care to watch that much film. Um, but I say – people always laugh at me when I say but Terrence Newman. You guys know Terrence Newman. Yeah, he yeah. played for the Bengals for a little bit. Yeah, yeah. T. New was, like, literally one of the hardest guys to go against. I mean, I used to kill him. T. New's my guy. So I, if, I'll make sure he knows that. I used to dog him, <laughs> just to say the least. But, nah, every time I went up against T. New, I always had to make sure I was on my – on my details, on my technique at the highest extent. Like, he was the most intelligent guy I've ever been around as a DB. Uh, like, he just was like, bro, how do you know what's coming? That's what I always say. Like, bro, why are you stopping before I'm stopping? Like, <laughs> he literally stop on the route before I stop. He stopped five yards before me and, and did pick it off or something. But, like, he's just super quick. Um, his feet is crazy. And then he's patient, and then just his knowledge, the the insight that he has on the game for playing so long. And just yeah, he played studying. for a long time. Yeah, it was just – it was remarkable to me. It was incredible. So, he was one of the guys I always struggled with going against because it was like – I wouldn't say struggle. Let me take that word back. I used to kill him. But anyway. No, 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 no. One of the guys I used to, like, really had to think about going against and really had to be on my game was, was him because I just knew that he understood the game at the highest level and that he also had the athletic and the feet to match the the, the brain that he had. Um, so those guys, T. New was one of the toughest. Xavier Rhodes was another guy that I practiced against. Trey, one, yeah. Trey Wayne, who's Trey one Wayne's, of the new yeah. Bengals. He's yep. one of the new Bengals. Trey I just, Wayne. I just hope that, like, somehow, some way, Richard Sherman is listening to this podcast. <laughs> And he just start, and he just he just start blasting. <laughs> I think I went against Richard Sherman once. Uh, Richard Sherman's long. Um, he's he's a good player too, but he's it's a like, big corner. Like, yeah, like people. I think all NFL guys will test. Like 
if you the guys you practice against practice against the most are the most difficult to go against. I mean, because they know your ten- they know they know everything. Yeah, like yeah. they know your moves. They know what you like to do. They see you literally every day. Sundays are usually the easiest days of the week for us. Because when it comes <laughs> to defense, like I mean, when it comes to football, you know, wide receivers and cornerbacks, and y'all kind of got this little, y'all kind of got this in- internal beef. Like what you said, can't nobody check me. <laughs> you know, these cornerbacks saying, ain't nobody, ain't nobody killing yeah. me. Yeah, that's how and it's so going to be. And, you know, I just want some cornerback, please. I'm, I I just hope that some cornerback <laughs> come back and say, yo, put me on the podcast. And I'm like, yes, let's get it. So they can. Then they can step on the field, too. I got some cleats right here in the garage. We can go. Well, hold on. Hold on. Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. You about to get you out there again? Hey. About hey. to be my guy to retirement. I still know how to run. I still work out every day. I'm still running. 22, 23 miles an hour. So it ain't going to, you know what I'm saying? Oh. I still got the wheels. It's just my knees just stopping a little bit. Them knees get a little. You, know what I'm you, got, the, you, got, the, you got them, you got them, you got them 1990 Mercedes. <laughs> <you got. laughs> <laughs> them knees, I ain't going to oh, lie. Them man. knees start, start, start picking up on you a little bit. But hey, I get out there and go with anybody. Any high school kids out there locally who want to get out here and, hey, you a DB? Hey, Let you, me this, go. There be a little bit of there be a little pride that come when the high school kids start talking. You're like, hold up, wait a second, man. Hey, I, I've, <laughs> hey, I've had a pit. Of, I've had a pit a couple high school kids in the bucket a couple times talking trash. To me. That's what you gotta <laughs> do. You gotta put them in the hey, play. And, and they listen to the podcast, so you know who you are. <laughs> so we gotta call them out. Oh yeah. All right, man. I, I got one question for you. All right. There and uh, there is there's no there's no wrong there's. Uh, no right answer, but there's plenty of wrong answers. Okay, right. so we we have asked this to on on the coaches clinic the last couple of weeks. All right, it's my last question for you, and this is going. This is this is what the whole podcast is riding on. Okay, right. best sports movie you've ever watched. Best sports movie I've ever watched. Jeez, that's a oh, man. There's two of them. There's two of them that I'm going back and forth to. Ah, uh, I would say. Hey, I'm saying remember the Titans. Yup, there you go. Yep. There you go. There you go. Remember the undisputed Titans. champ right there. Yeah, right, that's a good safe pick. But you know, it's right. It, yeah, it's right. It, I think it is the right answer. If I'm honest, Dave, I was thinking about uh Varsity Blues. You know, that's when we should watch that Lord. <laughs> Boy, you said, it, oh man, hey man, nah, like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> you say that. You say that. Go, hey, come on, man. Uh, I was gonna say like love and basketball. I was gonna say so Friday hey, night. Like, there's a bunch of sports. There's movies so many good ones. Love and basketball is a classic. Love and basketball yeah. is a classic. Man, yeah. Hey, listen, man. I, I've I've enjoyed having you on the podcast. You can come back anytime. Um, it's it's been it's been a lot of fun getting to know you and uh, hearing hearing your story on the podcast from you know from the drive through to driving them. Hey, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know it, it's it's all it's all good, man. It's all love on the podcast. You can come back whenever. Oh yeah, man. Thank you for having me on. Man. It was fun, man. Uh, I really appreciate it, man. I look to come back on again if you guys ever need anything. Um, Anything, man. Just give me a shout. Um, I'm always available, and I really appreciate both of you guys, man. It was awesome. Hey, we appreciate you, man. Thank you. Until next time. Oh, yeah, definitely. Have fun. Peace. Peace.